Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And uh, Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the uh, MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I know it's like the only sunny day we've had in weeks, so you're probably out doing anything. But if you're in the in the car making a dump run or going to pick up some stuff for the, for the uh, yard and you have a computer question, feel free to give us a ring. And uh, we're here till we start at nine, as you can hear. <laughs> but uh, everyone calls in at ten thirty, <laughs> so the lines are usually open a lot easier at nine in the morning than versus uh, the ten o'clock hour. If you want to get online, it's a good time to do it. So, uh, as usual and customary, we do have some news. And if you're in the accounting world, if you're a CPA, you dodged a bullet this uh, this week. Uh, if you use the tax software CCH Access and you use their cloud-based system, whereas you decided to rent the software from CCH in perpetuity rather than buy a server for your local practice, you've been down for a week. Now, just imagine if this happened April 10th rather than when it happened Monday. Um, you guys would have been pulling your hair out worse than you were anyways dealing with the new tax laws. Um, but the folks over there at Walter's Cooler Cluwer, which are out of um, the Netherlands, um, have a cloud-based CCH, X, CCH access cloud system. That was down for a week. A week? Yep, thanks huh. to malware and ransomware that happened to the cloud provider. Now, I know some sales guy told you that couldn't happen because they're SOC 2 compliant data centers so secure. Uh, but uh, guys, the cloud is just somebody else's servers, and you were the victim of them being uh, tricked into clicking on an email through a phishing scam. And clearly they don't have any security awareness training over there at CCH because uh, their own people infected the network that runs your tax program. So, of course, if you did have CCH on a local server, you were not impacted. You were not impacted at all. And uh, the only time you would be impacted is if you used the local CCH but still use some of their cloud uh, electronic payment or filing systems, which some people do. So you may want to not put all your eggs in the one basket there and use a different method to do your electronic filing uh, because clearly these guys have ex uh, issues managing their cloud. The funny thing is I have clients, we of course have many of CPA clients, um, that were then sending me emails that they were getting from Thomson Reuters. <laughs> Thomson Reuters is another tax package. And they're getting emails from these guys. We do cloud better than these guys. Come on over to us. <laughs> it's like, oh, you do cloud better, huh? 
They also all these companies have a local server-based software. So really, what they should be saying is, well, you, the cloud could be good for some, but local could be good for others. And if you don't want to get impacted like thousands of others at the same time, bring your bring your software on-prem. It's as simple as that. Even in our world, the IT world, there's a product that we use called ConnectWise. That service, IT companies like us can choose to run that product on-prem on their own servers or in the cloud. Well, guess what? ConnectWise was down in the cloud if you use the cloud service. Of course, you can probably guess we have it on-premise. We weren't. We were not impacted. We have our private cloud, <laughs> our own private servers. Why? Because we're geeks and we know how to spin up a server. It's not as hard. For those geeks who figure they'll, they'll throw it in the cloud, they were down and had to actually support their customers using Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> So what do you do when you get that million-dollar contract and you say, well, we can't help you right now because our servers are down. Oh, but this is important. I guess I'll have to put it in with your competitor who's not in the cloud. <laughs> it's so funny. So we'll put a link up here for you. I'm sure if you're in the accounting world uh, and had the CCH uh, program in the cloud, you are you know exactly about what uh, what I'm talking about. But I'll put a link up here. You can read the story. Krebs, Brian Krebs had a great article about it. I'll put that link up there for you as well. So, Bob, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I got lots of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Britain just went a week without using any coal power. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. So, <clears throat> finally, some good energy-related news, according All right. to CNET. All right. <laughs> I have to qualify that. You never know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Britain took a break from coal power. In April of 2017, Britain went its first day without coal since the Industrial Revolution. On Wednesday, Britain did one better. The island nation went a full week without using coal power. Nice. The National Grid Electricity System Operator, which runs the electricity grid in England, Scotland, mm -hmm. and Wales, yeah. broke the news via Twitter on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. This is the first time since the original coal power station launched back in 1882, the account said. Nice. The U.K. government has previously pledged to remove coal power from its grid by 2025. That's no. not very far away. No. Fintan, uh, Fintan style, National Director Grid said in a tweet that coal-free uh, coal week is proof of renewable energy's power. Mm -hmm. And there's more in this thing. And uh, Yeah. Yep. Well, renewable energy is great. Uh, in 2015, Britain's carbon dioxide emissions amounted to 389.75 million tons, according to the World Atlas, mm -hmm. placing it as uh, the world's 15th biggest emitter. Number one on the chart is China with 904 billion tons. Yikes. So, yeah. All right. Well, so they went, they're doing well there in Britain. They went a week without coal. Good for them. That's great. Actually, after the show last week, I went home and started, you know, doing some yard work, mow the lawn, and these guys, you know, Hawk and Solar come up to my house. And I just kept thinking to myself, they want to offer me free solar. <laughs> as long as my credit score was good and my house wasn't in foreclosure, they would offer me free solar. I'm thinking, why are they coming to my house selling me solar like they're selling encyclopedias or they're selling a, a, a vacuum? If it's such a great idea for free solar, why do I need people literally hawking it that way? And it's and it's free. Now I want to make sure though that my credit is good and my house isn't in foreclosure. If it's free, you'd think those are the people you want to help the most. Those people who have bad credit and don't have a house in in uh, have a house in foreclosure, they really could use the benefit of solar because right, they don't want to have a that solar that power they bill. Don't have that bill. Yeah, which but no. has been going up quite a bit lately. Yeah, well, it actually went down. The, the the generation charge is going to go down. But the point is, why would you need to go 
door to door like you're selling Girl Scout cookies if if solar's such a good idea. And this is to push free solar, which of course we all know wasn't going to be free. Obviously, you wouldn't ask me for my credit. If you score. generate more money, more electricity than you produce. Yeah, you don't get a check. Well, it they goes, get the check. They get the check. Yeah, probably. It's, it was some sort of, I'm sure, lease agreement. But I just found it pretty funny. In other news, uh, here in uh, the Big Apple, there's some residents that weren't too happy with their apartment because basically they were forced to use an app to get in the front door, and they didn't like the fact that the uh, the owners uh, would pretty much know if they're coming or going. And uh, they were like, look, I just want a key, an old-fashioned key, so I can open and close the door the old-fashioned way without any kind of you know, Rube Goldberg approach to opening a door. Oh, God forbid. That'd be like using cash. <laughs> I know. It's interesting. We can talk about cash, too. Uh, but uh, this, this, this lady had lived in the building for 43 years, and now she needs to get a smartphone and have it connect via Bluetooth so she can swipe in to get in the, in the door. They sued the landlords and won. And they'll be able to get keys. The fact that you have to sue your landlord to get a key, I just found that kind of funny. Um, but I'll put the link up here. Well, you can those read. keys are so expensive. You know? <laughs> it's so, the lawyers are cheaper. <laughs> I guess so. What a link up here for you. You can read about it. But we don't, I mean, obviously, it's neat to be able to, to open a door with your smartphone as long as you have a connection to the cloud and you're, you're paying T-Mobile or whatever you're using. And, and course, the cloud doesn't go down. And they're, they're, yeah, their internet's <laughs> up and the door's talking to their internet. Their switches are up. Their routers are working. And you, know, you have six IT guys and then the door will open. Um, versus the old-fashioned key, which is click. I mean, that's pretty easy. To turn so you have a power outage, you can't get into your house, or you can't get out. Well, you remember those videos you saw with the um, kids trying to figure out what an old rotary phone, how an old, old rotary phone worked? It was a pretty, pretty popular video. A dad. I didn't was, see that one. It was showing like 15-year-old kids. He plopped a rotary phone on a table and said, figure out how to make a call. And they, <laughs> it took them like five minutes. Just imagine we have a key. You're like, what do you do with this key? I, I only swipe. <laughs> I don't know, open the door. I have to use my phone. So I'll put a link up here for you. What else you got, Bob, before we go to a break? <clears throat> Germany's first e-highway allows electrified trucks to operate emissions-free. Well, they're electrified, so somehow they're making Well, you know power. how uh, we have the electric trains that run through you know, yeah. New York and Boston and yeah, all of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of put these things up, these wires up there. Yeah. And so <clears throat> they so have these... Um, Pantographs, they're called, mm-hmm. that go up from the truck and touch the uh, the wires, just like those uh, the bumper cars at the at the carnival. Kind of like bumper cars, or yeah. you know, those or the trains. trains. It, more, yeah. it looks more like the trains. Yep. So the project came to be with the help of Siemens, which mm-hmm. is a German company. Yep. Which has put its tech to use in other cities already. Yep. Many of us have come across a train or bus that takes advantage of overhead power lines. Mm-hmm. Pantographs stretched upwards, providing the vehicle. Uh, in question with electricity needs nice. uh, needed to continue on the first e-highways in Germany to help electrified trucks roll down the highway without contributing to air pollution. The German state of Hesse, mm-hmm. H-E-S-S-E, yeah. you know, it's Hesse or Hesse, mm-hmm. uh, on, on Tuesday opened its first stretch of e-highway featuring overhead power lines meant to deliver charge to electrified trucks as they travel. So this is like the equivalent of our busway, <clears throat> only it's, it's being used. It's still in the uh, pilot phase, <laughs> okay? And um, they I mean, got a, just a six-mile stretch. Six miles. And basically what they're doing is they're yeah. recharging the batteries on hybrid trucks yeah. because there's not enough of this to actually go from A to B, so right, to speak. Right, it's only six miles. But this is a test. This is a pilot project. All right. 
So it'll be there until 2022, at which point the German government will determine whether to expand the project scope. So that means that since the government's paying for it, mm. money is no object. No object. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, All right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And they said it's not realistic oh. to put them on an automobile. Oh, that'd be a big, big... The pantographs would be too tall. Yeah. And it would probably... Well, you have to use one of those things they use in bumper cars, right? Stick it up a straight pole and have it dragging across the... <laughs> yeah, and you, it'd be like trying to get out the door where they have those poles on the, in the, where you're not allowed to take the carts out of the store. So if you try to go, the pole oh, stops. It you. bangs it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. That's great. Know, Germany and six miles of, of highway. Put up I wonder how much that. six miles of highway cost. They tell you. Well, you know, here, what's a mile oh, of highway cost? How many millions? And then you add the electrification to that. <laughs> forget. It. You know, and then cars have to stay out of that lane. Yeah, it's insane. All right, Bob, thanks for that. We're going to take a quick break. We got three lines filled up. Bruce, Gary, and Jim, hang on. One line open for you 800 966 WTIC 522 WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we have two lines open for you. We just lost a call, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Bruce in Torrington first. Hey, Bruce, what's up? Good morning, guys. Good morning. I just got a question. Yeah. Um, I, uh, about 13 years ago, my um, daughter-in-law gave me one of these little keychains with little digital photos of my granddaughters. Nice. I happened to find it, I happened to find it the other day, charged it up, and it's, it's great. I wanted to take these download them so i found a company in torrington they were able to download the pictures on a stick mm-hmm. and but uh, the person said you know when you blow these up they might become was it pixelated you did you kind of fall apart yeah because they're not high res enough for you right well I, I went up to walmart to do the photograph thing and on the screen they came up great but when i went to print them up close they came they became fuzzy mm-hmm. is there a program or a company that can actually take that and restore those to, to like four by fives or whatever I'm going to say probably not, but I could be wrong. Okay. Only because uh, if you've listened to our digital camera um, show, which we're going to have on the 18th, I think, uh, okay. this month, uh, we have an expert that's going to come in. He's going, he's going to talk about when people take pictures in RAW, mm-hmm. uh, those pictures are very large and dense, right? They're full. They have all the information about the picture. But right. when somebody when somebody uh, shrinks it, maybe to put it on the on, on a website or what have mm-hmm. you, those pixels are now gone. And that oh. data is gone. You really can't. That I would, I would guess, uh, 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 restore them uh, the way you're thinking because the information's yeah. not there. Now, I, like I said, I could be wrong. Maybe there is a way for a program to do that. And I'll throw that out to the listeners. And uh, uh, we have a lot of great uh, professional photographers that listen to. And I'll get on the email and see if they have anything to say about it. But I don't think there's a way to add data back. Uh, it's it kind of a bizarre uh, uh, attempt to it. May work, but I probably won't be like crystal clear. I was, I can bring them up on my computer. Of course, they're small. And I can bring them up a little bit, and then I was wondering if I could get my computer camera and get really close, take a snapshot, and then see if I could do something. But still, I don't. Man, that wouldn't work either because then I'm just kind of blown it to pieces. Um, you know, I I don't know. That does seem to have some merit to it, but I don't think I would do it on my my computer screen. I think I would try to print it. And then take it like a like a macro picture, like you're taking a picture of a flower, right? Something really small. Okay. Put your yep. camera in in 
is it macro or micro? I don't know how that, which way you set it, but you're yeah, going to set it so that you're taking a picture of something very small, but you're going to take it with all the pixels, right? Got it. All the yeah, data. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. you could be onto something, Bruce. That could be okay. a way of, of doing it. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to try it. If it works, I'll call you guys back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll, 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 we'll follow our email to see if anybody okay. uh, has any thoughts on it, too. But that might work. Okay. We'll give it a shot. All right. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Hey, yep. you have a great show. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All right. We're going to be here till uh, 11 o'clock. So feel free to get online. Three lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Jim and Agawam, hang on. Everything we talk about will be posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. That's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you go to Facebook and you like us on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg deems the, ner- the news worthy in these days, I don't know. There's a lot of these uh, Internet companies like Twitter and Facebook that are deeming all sorts of things unworthy. So we'll see if our stuff gets through. It'll go to your Facebook feed. And, of course, if you like us on Twitter, and uh, we haven't been banned for anything, thankfully, so far. Uh, if you like us on Twitter over at Tab Computer Sys, it'll get into your news feed there. We'll be right back. back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. Two lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC. 522-WTIC. We have Carol and Jim on the line. Let's go to Jim, who's been on the line the longest. Hey, Jim. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I have uh, an HP uh, five all-in-one uh, printer nice. that I've had since I, well, since I got rid of my abacus and went to, went to a computer setting. Hmm. For some reason or other, I decided to get a new one. A yeah. wireless printer. Right. I got the printer, and it works great, except for it now has a wonderful feature where after it's been on for eight hours, it shuts itself off totally. Okay. And I have to go over and press the button to turn it back on, which it works okay. Uh-huh. If I don't go over and manually turn it off and turn it on, the computer... It cannot find the computer. Right. Computer can't find it. Yeah. So something is not connecting right, and I'm wondering if it is my computer. No. Uh, the way I've got it set up, and the, uh, I've w- worked with HP uh, service with five one-hour telephone calls to what? the Philippines. How much did that so cost they, you? It didn't cost me anything. Oh, good. But uh, sure, uh, since I paid $110 for the printer, <laughs> HP didn't make anything on me. Not yet. Anyway, it's the ink they're going to make we, all the money on. We we both it's the ink. Yeah, yeah. they uh, gave up on me, or I gave up on them. Are you kidding me? Um, they couldn't figure it out in five hours. No, they Bob and I know what it is right now. No, let me finish now. I don't, I don't even need to let you finish. We know what it is. Oh, we have the answer. I got a different way. My, my, I'm I'm thinking it's the way I have my computer set up. It's not. And what it is, my modem, my uh, Comcast modem is in the other room. Yeah, it's. Two feet away from the printer. Uh-huh. My uh, computer is out in the kitchen. Yeah. And now I'm far enough so that the improved modem from, from uh, Costco doesn't uh, go as far as the old one. Yeah. So I use an Ethernet cable uh, from the laptop to the modem. Yeah. No, it's nothing to do with any of that, Jim. Oh, okay. So basically, the issue is the folks in the Philippines don't understand IP addresses. 
Every little device on your network gets an address every time it connects to the network. It gets it from your DHCP server. In your case, yeah. your DHCP server is your router. Okay, that device that is handing out IP addresses. So when people walk in your house and say, hey, Jim, what's the Wi-Fi password? Uh, when they put the password in, the router says, oh, okay, I'll give this little IP address to Eric's phone, and now he can go ahead and surf on Jim's internet. It works that way for every device on your network. What's happening to you is the printer is not getting the same address. So, like, if you if you if you got a friend that moved and you wanted to send him a letter, and you didn't know the new address, it's not going to get to the right place, right? So, in your case, you need to set what's called a reservation on your DHCP server for your printer. So, what you need to do is set a static IP address on your Wi-Fi printer of 192.168.1.20, whatever you want to call it, whatever one you want to pick. And then you have to go into the router and tell the router not to give out 20 to anybody else. It's a reserved IP address because the, you've told the printer, I'm going to set you to 20, and you're going to tell the DHCP device to not give out 20 to anybody else. Now, when that little sucker comes on, it's going to be always at the same spot. If you don't do that, your computer's like, where did it go? He, I, I knew he was at 20 yesterday, but now he's at, I don't know where he went. And the Philippines, in five hours, couldn't figure this out. That's, well, they, that's, they did talk about a static, uh, that, that terminology came up. Yeah. Uh, and that was about in the middle of it, about two telephone calls back. And uh, each time we'd do it, I, 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 let it uh, I, I let it go through its cycle. Yeah. Uh, of shutting itself off and then trying to come back on again. Well, that's fine, but um, the static address you have to set on the printer is only half the battle. It's your DHCP server side is the other half. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. And the, there probably was a language barrier and all that fun stuff. No, they were. Uh, their English was great, no. uh, absolutely perfect. And, right. and they they took over my computer. You know how you, oh. you, know, you can watch them do it? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember them going into the router. No, they probably I I did not. I've seen that, but um, that could be it. No, that well, is it. The worst, <laughs> the worst part of it is when I look at the uh, reviews, which I did after I brought the printer. I should have done it before. Yeah. Uh, between twenty and thirty percent have a very poor review on the printers, and I don't know how anybody can stay in business with that quantity of upset customers. Mm. Well, it could be again. You know, it depends on what the reviews are. Take a look at what they have to say. Uh, if it has to do with wireless printing and not knowing how to set that up, that's just that's yeah. like me not knowing how to change the oil in my car. You wouldn't want me to do that either. <laughs> the now, engine would old, cease. My old printer, which is always on, yeah, uh, it goes into a sleep mode, but it's on, in a basic uh, uh, on mode. Uh, always has the same thing, so it doesn't have a problem. So when yours uh, shuts down. The odds are your uh, router is giving it an IP address that expires in eight hours. Right. So unless you're using your uh, printer more frequently than every eight hours, right. it's not going to keep that same IP address. Yeah. And then the other thing yeah. is, more than likely, if you have installed all the, the complete software suite, there should be a discovery uh, module in your HP uh, package somewhere under the HP menu. Mm -hmm. That gives you the ability to go out and rediscover the IP address for your HP printer. All right. So after you pick an IP address, you're going to need to reset up the printer so that it sees it, like Bob's saying, 
and then go to DHCP and say, hey, DHCP server, don't give out this address. And that's all you got to do. Oh, boy. It right. sounds so easy. But, well, hey, anyway, what? they but took Jim. the back, and I got all my money back. So. They took it back? Yes, they did. Oh, you're just calling. This is just a purely... Uh... I, no, I, because it's bothering the daylights out of me. Gotcha. And you guys have been just fantastic for me. Right. So I'm going to do a little diddling around to see if I can find those those points that you're talking about. Well, while you're in the firewall messing around with your DHCP server, set up OpenDNS as your DH, your uh, DNS addresses, please. I got to do that. I you tell me you tell me every weekend to do it and I don't do it. And well, if you're going to be in there now messing with static IP addresses, the least you can do is protect yourself from the wild wild west of the internet by putting in OpenDNS settings for the DNS settings. Don't leave them as obtain, put in the addresses and Bob will give them to you right now. 208.67.222.222 as your primary, and the secondary is 208. Oh, I can't copy that fast. It's okay. We have a podcast. 208.67.220.220. Okay. Yeah. And you, we'll put a link up to how to do it. It's probably there from last week, too. Okay. But if you're going to go in there, Jim, that's what you got to do, sir. Fantastic. Gentlemen, again, many times, thank you. You're welcome, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, yep. It's always half the battle when it comes to these configurations, IP addresses. It's key. Uh, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. I got two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We got Carol's got an answer for the, the, the resolution on the picture, and uh, Sarah on the line. Two lines open for you. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. And let's go right to your calls. you got Carol on the cell who might have an answer for our first caller. Hey, Carol. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I called. Uh, uh, I'm driving, so hopefully I don't have to stop. Um, uh, I called a couple weeks ago with a Photoshop answer. Um, so on the low-resolution picture, here's a little trick I discovered quite by accident. All right. Um, so in either Photoshop Elements or Photoshop uh, CC, which mm. you can get, um, you can get a trial version for 30 days for free. Yep. Um, and so in Photoshop, you open up your low res picture, and mm. you also make a new file which is high res. So if you want the four by six at 300 pixels per inch, yep. Or an eight and a half by 11 at 300 ppi, whatever. You make the new file that's high res, and then you drag the low res picture onto the high res file, mm -hmm. and now it's going to appear very tiny, but it's going to have little um, handles on the four corners. Yeah, and you're going to grab one of those handles and click and drag it while holding down the shift key, and you can make that low res picture bigger, and it will be better resolution. It still won't be perfect, but it's going to be certainly good enough to do a 4x6 um, print. It's, it's beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the feedback, Carol. You're welcome. All right. Have a good one. So there's a way to do it. You're going to take the data you've got and try to trick it into being high res. That's pretty cool. Well, it does emulation. You know, it kind of fills in. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, all right. That's where, again, I don't do this stuff on a daily basis, so I have no idea. Let's go to Sarah in Meriden next. Hey, Sarah, what's up? Okay. <laughs> Here's my question. Yeah. I just switched from Frontier to Cox because they raised my internet price. Frontier did? Yes. All right. So I went based on what they told me. Mm -hmm. 
I have 100 meg. Okay. Which I think maybe is too much and I could live with 30. You could. But, but I don't know how to tell. Well, is it just you? Yes. Well, the best way to tell is to call Cox and say, what would be the discount to go to 30? And then they'll say, okay, it's going to cost you this much less. Say, I want that, and then run for a few days, and that's how you tell. But by default, if it's just you, surf, surf, you know, surfing, streaming, you know, you don't have any TV with them, right? Just internet? Right. I, I bet you 30 megabits is more than you need, Sarah. Okay, that would be good. Yeah, you're probably, is there a price difference? $20 a month. So what are you, what are you paying now for the 100 um, seventy sixty nine. All right, so it's a it's some sort of introductory rate there they're giving yeah. you. Okay, so yeah, if you're gonna save that money, have them reduce it, and uh, I I would I'm I'm sure you'll be fine on thirty megabits. You'll be happy as a clam. Okay. Now my second question is: I've been looking into replacing their Wi-Fi modem. Yeah. And I've talked to them, and I've talked to Staples, mm-hmm. and they're telling me that in order to get what I have now, whatever that means, uh-huh. it's about almost $200. And that just seems kind of, re- I mean, that seems ridiculous to well, me. So when, you, when they say what you have now, do you have a phone line through it too? No. Okay, so it's just internet. You it's just, just internet. Yeah, so you'll need a, a modem. And those cost what thirty nine forty bucks? Forty bucks. So you need a, a modem that works with Cox, and Staples has those. And then you need what's called a Wi Fi router. And yes, a Wi Fi router can cost you about one hundred and fifty bucks. But if you look at the monthly rental on the Cox router, which is probably ten dollars a month, it'll pay for itself rather quickly. Yeah, no, I could see that. But what they have, I, I have nine hundred and eighty five square feet, so I don't have a lot of space, you know, yeah. for gadgets. And what I have now is called a Wi-Fi panoramic modem. It's like all yeah. in one. I don't have two separate things. Right. You don't need that. You would you would return that back to Cox and get your rental fee back. Buy a separate modem for, like I said, forty bucks, and buy a wireless router for like one hundred and fifty bucks. And so for two hundred dollars, you'll be more than happy with your coverage. But don't they make modems I could buy that are like this all in one? They might. Um, they might make a, a router that has a Cox-capable modem built in. Um, I like separating them only because I like to reboot uh, one device rather than the whole system. But that's just me. You could check that out. I, I don't, I'll do some research, too, to see as well. Um, but se- that's what I've been asking for, and I thought, well, maybe that's, I'm saying it wrong, and that's why they're telling me they're so expensive. <laughs> they could be, yeah. My approach is, I think, a nice, straightforward, simple one where you've got a modem and then a router. Okay. And uh, in your 900 square feet, you'll do fine with a, you know, a, a Linksys uh, 1900 ACS will do great for you. Okay. But I'll check and see if there's anything that's a combination device for you. But if you look at your monthly cost for that modem you're paying, you're renting to Cox, you're going to easily get paid back. Oh, yeah. Fast. I think it's 11 $11. A month. Wow. I, I think it's 11 and change a month. Mm-hmm. And then oh, be careful. Yes, I can see it over time justifying. Yeah, be- before you know it, you'll have the uh, Aerosimowitz tax on it of some kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that'll be coming. <laughs> and they'll probably have a toll every time I drive over there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, anything you can do to reduce anything with your Cox bill would be a good, a good thing. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got it, Sarah. And if we can find a combination device, we'll post it. Otherwise, okay, otherwise we'll post two separate devices. Okay. All right. Thanks again. You're welcome. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
All right. Uh, let's move on to Paul on the cell. He's been on the longest. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Um, wireless printing. Yeah. My, I, I downloaded all the drivers for my uh, my printer. I got everything all set up. And when I try and print wirelessly, I get an error message on my screen saying that the printer is not connected or it's not on or something. But it is, you know, it is powered up. The little wireless blue light is on. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's like you know, deja vu it, all over again here. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I was listening to the other guy. I said, <laughs> gee, that sounds like it, but I, I just, you know. I mean, is it the same thing? Yeah, well, probably, Paul. Um, most likely, your your computer is wondering where your printer went. It doesn't see it anymore because it's got a different IP address. So the the computer's like, okay, tell me where the printer is, Paul. So you could do what Bob said, right? Uh, try to do a search with the tool uh, if it's an HP, right, Bob? Yeah, HP. A lot of the others also have a discovery tool. So you can go ahead and have the discovery tool go out and say, okay, where is the printer this time? And it'll try to find whatever IP address it found it on, and then your printing will work again. Or you go and set a static IP address on that printer, all right, 192.168.1.20, let's say. Um, and then you go to your DHCP server, which is probably your router, and set that area as uh, reserved so it can't give out those IP addresses anymore. Okay, thank you. You got it, Paul. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. It's a big problem with wireless. It's, it's a big problem. The reason it works better with wired is it just seems to be more of a, a long-term connection. You know, they, they seem to respond better. Well, it's permanent. But yeah. you see, the way DHCP works is, let's say the uh, default on your router renews it every eight hours. Right, the lease on the, the IP lease. address. Yep. So the lease on the IP address is eight hours. Well, when it hits 50%, Mm-hmm. It tries to renew. So after four hours, it tries to renew. Right. So it's just say, hey, I, I would like to use this IP address. Is that okay? And All the right. DHCP server says, eh, or yeah. So then at six hours, mm-hmm. if it hasn't renewed, it tries to renew again. Yeah. Then it tries to renew at seven hours, and then it tries to renew at eight hours. Yeah. And if it doesn't get a reply and say, yeah, I'll take the IP address back, right? then it drops it. Right. So the next time it, it comes back out of sleep or off mode or whatever... And ask for an IP. It says, when you oh. say asking, it's the DHCP server asking the device, would you like to this lease to continue? Not the device asking the it DHCP server. It wants to renew the lease. Right. But once the release has expired the full eight hours, right. Forget or it could be 24 hours. But the point is, once it's completely gone, it goes out of the database. So right. the next time the printer requests uh, an IP, it could be a different one. The router saying, oh, you're a new device because right. you're not in my database, so I'm right. going to give you a new IP. And it could be the same one. You could get lucky. It could. Mm-hmm. Or it won't be the same one. And then all of a sudden your printer is going to be like, your computer is going to be like, where'd that printer go? I knew he was over here, but he's not anymore. Let's go to John in the cell. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I have like a three-year-old laptop that I bought, hmm. and... I used it, and you know, I don't use it very often, mostly for like trade shows when I go for work. Yeah. And I last time I used it was January. I plugged it in, went to go power it up, and nothing. Oh boy. No lights, no nothing. Have you and removed the battery? I have not. Uh, that's why I figured I'd call you guys and you know, <clears throat> see if there's any. If it's just a paperweight now. Or... No, 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 no. I don't think so. Depends on what kind of laptop it is. Is the it's, battery it's a... removable? Yeah. It's a Dell. Yeah. Check to see if the battery is removable. And then I would have you remove the battery, right? And then you want to turn the power button on 
without the battery being in there, and that'll discharge and, any juice and at all. And with the power brick disconnected yeah, also. power brick disconnected, and then re, re put the battery back in and then try to charge it or try to turn it on with it well, plugged in. Actually, I would just plug the power brick in with the battery out. Oh, sure. Yep. And see if the light indicating that it has power comes on. Right. Are you okay. even getting the light now, John, or no? Nothing. Nothing, yes. Absolutely nothing. Pull that battery out and try it without. Okay. And uh, if you get if you get some power, if that light comes on with the battery out, it could be a bad battery. The battery needs to be replaced. All right. If it doesn't, if it does come on, then try to be- charge the battery again. Just might need to be reseated. All okay. right. I'll, I'll give it a try. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. Bye. 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 It's not a paperweight yet. We're going to be here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online. We're going to have four lines wide open. Feel free to get in line over the news eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. If you've had those guys knocking on your door, giving you free solar, I was wondering how was it free? How did that work out for you? <laughs> After they sold you the encyclopedia, was it still free? I'd love to hear that story. Uh, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything's posted live by Mike G over at, uh, at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com. You can also download us on the podcast over at radio.com. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere in the country, anytime. You can listen to us through Waze now, through the podcast, while you're driving to work. No, Joey wouldn't like that. You can't listen to Ray and, you can't listen to Ray and Joe. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 